Hello and welcome back to She's In Focus, the podcast dedicated to inspiring and empowering female filmmakers and videographers from all walks of life and on every step of their creative journey. I'm your host, Kel Grant, an aspiring filmmaker from New Jersey who's just trying to turn my passion into something more and connect with amazing women who have the same passion for video. One of those being Katie Payne, a filmmaker, pastor, and musician from Bonnie Lake, Washington. With 10 years of experience in the film industry, Katie loves capturing ordinary moments that create beautiful stories and is passionate about helping women find safe spaces in male-dominated industries. Katie, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun and uh, just such a cool opportunity that you're creating for women and for this community. And so thanks for doing this. This is awesome. Of course, we have the same mission, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And did I say that right? Is it is it Bonnie Lake? Or... It is. You nailed Perfect. it. Yeah, okay, about 45 I, I minutes south word. of Seattle. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. So um, is a lot of your business actually based out of um, Seattle for that reason? Do you market to Seattle? No, we actually don't. Um, I'm actually not a city girl. I'm more of a suburb kind of girl. So we actually tend to go more um, south into Tacoma and Olympia. And then we've actually done a lot, a lot of weddings and stuff in eastern Washington to kind of the desert vibe that we're going for. So pretty fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I don't know how saturated the market is out there. I mean, because I'd imagine that most videographers or creatives are, are near the city. Do you mm -hmm. find that um, you have a lot of competition in your area in the suburbs? Yeah, uh, I feel like anywhere right now, video is kind of becoming a saturated market, that's which, a good point. Yeah. which I think is awesome. Like it's an industry that I think was neglected for a long time. And so I think it's cool that there's been so much growth. Uh, but yeah, I mean that, you know, market saturation is a problem that any business has, but it's something that I celebrate because I just see that as that means that we're not going away anytime soon. So it means we're doing something right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. So one of the things that you're most passionate about is helping women kind of enter mm -hmm. and navigate and, and thrive and find their safe space in these male dominated areas and fields. And you do this in several roles in your life. Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to kind of talk through those roles um, and your experience being a woman in, in a boys club, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So really for me, uh, I feel like that's kind of been my life since childhood. You know, as a kid, uh, I was, everyone said I was a tomboy. Like I was out climbing trees and riding bikes and stuff, uh, which it was really funny because as a kid, you don't really realize kind of the connotations of what that means because I would go inside and then I had a giant wall of Polly Pockets. Are you old enough to remember Polly <laughs> yes, Pockets? Yes, yeah. Yes. So I had the Polly Pocket Mall, you know, and so it was like I would still have tree bark in my hair from climbing trees and then I was playing with my <laughs> Polly Pockets. And um, now as an adult, I'm like, why did those things have to be exclusive to each other? That's just right. kind of who I was. And um, thankfully, I had parents who were just like, go be you and do what you want to do, which is cool. Um, but so it was always just interesting growing up as a kid, being interested in Barbies and Polly Pockets and loving to play football and rollerblade and favorite movie was the Mighty Ducks, you know. Um, <laughs> so I've always just been that dichotomous person. Um, and then getting older, you know, I started playing music, which again, a predominantly male industry, especially in the early 2000s. And my main instrument is the drums. Uh, and so when I started yeah. learning drums when I was 18, there were like no female drummers. And even now it's like, people are like, you're a girl drummer. And I'm like, can I just be a drummer? drummer. 
who like you're never yeah. like you're a guy drummer you know so right. um that's really funny and then again as a pastor like church world that's a whole different thing but like there are, just aren't a lot of female pastors and then as you know the whole reason for this podcast as a filmmaker um i think there's now thankfully more of us out there than we thought there were um which is awesome but but even in that like that's a tough industry uh for a female to break into you know i've done weddings where uh, I show up and my second shooter's a guy and the photographer's trying to talk to him. And he's like, oh, actually, she's she's, she's the head honcho. And he's like, yeah. oh, that's cute. So what do you think? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's going to be like that. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, so I feel like uh, in a way that wasn't at all planned or designed, it's just naturally become a passion because that's just been my life experience of I'm a woman who's interested in these things that have typically been for men. Um, but now there's kind of this little inkling of a space for me to sneak in there. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And for, you know, for you to do it in so many different areas of your life, <laughs> you know, you must, uh, you must really feel like you have to kind of pave your own way and make room for yourself in these spaces. I, I could imagine. A little bit. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been a journey trying to figure some of this out. Um, you know, like in, in filmmaking, especially, it's hard to find, um, thinking back to your first podcast episode, talking about how there's hardly any female creatives on YouTube. If you look yeah. up filmmakers, predominantly, they're all men, um, yeah. which is great. And they have a lot to offer, but it's just not a woman. And it, that just hits different. Um, and in music, you know, being a female drummer and trying to figure that out and being a pet, like, there's just not a lot of people to go before me in a lot of those things. And so, yeah, I think paving your own way is a good way to put it. And it's a fun place to be. And I like the challenge, but it can be kind of lonely sometimes in that, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, I think it's interesting what you said before about, uh, you know, like, why can't I just be a, be a drummer? You know, why do I have <laughs> to have that label? And it's, uh, it's something that I've kind of struggled with the idea of too in filmmaking, mm. but you know, in recent times, the label of female filmmaker has become so important to me hmm. because it's, it, uh, you know, of course it sets me apart from, from others in the industry, but it's also been such an identifier um, for other women to be able to find hmm. me and connect with me. I use the hashtag female filmmaker wherever I can, whenever <laughs> I can. And I'm always searching on that hashtag on all the social media sites. I'm, I'm Googling it every chance I get because it's it's a way to kind of build a community you know yeah. men never have to have to google male filmmakers they'll right. never be in that boat for anything really yeah you know um in those typically male-dominated roles so um yeah I've kind of switched that 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 mentality mm. of of you know it's you're labeling me as a female filmmaker well I'm proud of that and I'm going <laughs> to get your sisters you know what I mean we're bringing yeah let's everybody go in. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully a day comes where we don't need that hashtag <laughs> where you can exactly. do filmmaker and it's just a good 50-50. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be in our time. but <laughs> no, Maybe not. But if we can pave the way for our daughters and our friends, Absolutely. I'm okay with that. Absolutely. So yeah. what female role models do you have, um, I guess, in, in any of the, the areas? Because the, the main reason for this podcast mm. was um, to it was kind of a selfish uh, venture when I first sought out because 
um, I was just looking for inspiration. And what mm. inspires me most is seeing women who look like me or are on mm. the same path as me doing what I want to do, having the same dreams as me. So this was a way for me to find that exact group. But it ended up turning into something more where now this podcast serves as a, a source of inspiration for other women and other women can, who are interested in filmmaking or don't know where to start or just looking for, for other females in the industry, they can turn to this podcast to find it. Um, so I kind of have some female role models all over the place. I mean, mm. you're one of them. Anybody who I have on the show becomes a role model mm. because you're, you're kind of stepping into the, the light, so to speak. And, you know, sharing your story and, and saying, standing up and saying, I'm a female filmmaker, I'm part of this community. And, um, you know, it doesn't have to be, because I think if I, if I were to look to Hollywood, right, mm. or, or any of the, even, even YouTube, like, like I was saying, there's like no female filmmakers on YouTube. Right. If I were to look to those spaces solely for inspiration, and I, I had to search so hard to find female representation, I think it would discourage me. So I kind of, you know, I used to think of role models, they had to be, they had to have a certain number of followers, they had to have a certain amount of projects under their belt or a certain amount of accolades. But now I just find that every woman in this space is a, is a role model yeah. to me. So I'm just wondering who, who, what ro female role models do you have in the, uh, in the film space or, or in music and, and or in, uh, in ministry as well? Yeah, I think, my answer to that might be a little different than what you expect. Um, Cause like you said, it's hard to find women in Hollywood um, in particular. I think one of them, are you an office fan? Of course. Okay. That's good. Uh, that's my <laughs> ultimate fandom. Jen Salata, who's one of the uh, primary writers and she was a showrunner in the later half of the office. Um, it's been interesting listening to podcasts with her. Um, and she's not even a filmmaker. She's a writer but talking yeah. about how especially comedy in the early 2000s, again, was a predominantly um, male industry and talking about her journey into writing and what that looked like and, and working with the male writers. Um, yeah. Because I think she was one of maybe two women who actually wrote full scripts on the show. Um, so she's been a really big one and, and she's just really fun to listen to. Obviously, I don't know her personally, uh, but she's really impacted just my mindset on being someone of that scale and having to overcome those obstacles with men who are such home run hitters in that has been really cool. Um, other than that, honestly, my primary role models are my closest friends. Um, they're all super creative in their own right. Like my best friend, Katie, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, uh, is one of the photographers on my team. And honestly, like there's no one else whose pictures I like more. You know, she's just, yes. I champion her because her pictures are great. And my friend Julia can draw just such amazing pictures of you and has her own little Etsy shop. And my friend Darcy can make cakes that look lifelike and they're beautiful. And so um, I think for me, having those women as my three closest people in life who are all so creative in their own right um, have really encouraged me just to say, what are my gifts? How can I do this? How can I apply this no matter where I go? Um, and we're just each other's biggest fans. I mean, we're constantly shouting each other out on Instagram. And I just don't think there's anything greater than a few women who are bound together by that, you know. And um, as far as drumming goes, there's not many. Uh, but Jen Ledger from a band called Skillet, not my favorite band, but she drums in like six inch stilettos. 
Oh and my that's gosh. just that's just like badassery in its own right, you know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't arrived there yet. I'm not brave enough, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, and that's that's so amazing that you have that that kind of core group mm. of women because you know supporting each other and just mm-hmm. being there for each other and also just inspiring each other. I think it's um you know not not very many people are lucky enough to find that, yeah. and that's so amazing that you have and you're and you recognize it and you're grateful for it. Oh yeah, they're the best. <laughs> yeah, had to shout so them out. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to talk about um, Katie, and I think Darcy's also part of your mm-hmm. your dream team. We'll talk about those ladies um, a little bit a little bit later. So I do want to know how um, because you know our personalities. There are so many things that that intersect, right? Mm. So it's it's not just that you're a filmmaker. It's not just that you're yeah. a drummer. It's that you are a filmmaker. You are a drummer. You are a pastor. It's all of these things come together to make you who you are. Yeah. So I'm just wondering how your filmmaking, how does how does filmmaking intersect with your career as a pastor? Um, have you how have you used your video skills in that field to influence that field? Yeah, video is actually how I came to be a pastor, um, which no is way. really funny. Yeah, so. Uh, it was video was one of those things that I was always really interested in as a kid, but video cameras cost like a bajillion dollars in yeah. the 90s, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, about 10 years ago when I turned 20, I got hired on staff at the church that I was going to at the time. And they had known that I had like a little bit of video skill and that I could, uh, one of my biggest talents I feel like in filmmaking is being able to take stories Um, and see the beauty in people's stories and share that. And so they saw that I kind of had that raw gift. um, And they were like, hey, like, we're going to bring you on part time to do administrative stuff. But then also, we want you to help our video guy. And it'll let you learn from him. And then it'll just give him another set of hands. Um, So I spent maybe four or five years working under him. His name was Brian. um, And he was just the most patient. And also the most, I mean, just the smartest person I've ever met my whole life. Um, And he taught me so many things. Um, And so basically through a series of events that I'll spare you from because it took 10 years, um, about three years ago uh, was when I actually started doing filmmaking kind of on the side as a hobby. My skill level had jumped tremendously in that time. um, And I had started going to a new church and the lead pastor there was like, hey, you could play music. You have all these video skills. I have none of that. Uh, will you come alongside me and be my creative pastor? And so now uh, my role is to work with him. And so I oversee um, all our music, all our tech stuff, um, creative elements of our services. So video, lighting, sound, slides, anything like that. Um, and then I also preach every like five or six weeks or so. And so that role is really fun for me because it's kind of like the dream job of it's like, let's take all these yeah. skills that you have and that you love and just put them into one and pay you for all of them. And I'm like, yeah. what? That's the key right there. <laughs> That's crazy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Full-time salary. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. So that's short version of how kind of all that came to be to intersect with ministry. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah and that, that role, especially like, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, the if the opportunity presents itself you absolutely you know couldn't have turned it down right that sounds like it's it's the ideal position so i am yeah. curious because you you mentioned storytelling and that you kind mm. of always had a knack for that yeah what makes video a passion of yours what do you love about film oh man i love capturing moments that people can relive for the rest of their lives in real time um mm. 
obviously photographs do that too to an extent but if you show someone a photograph you kind of have to give them the context behind it and this is where it was and who was there whatever uh video you don't have to do that it tells its own story and i just feel like there's so much beauty in such ordinary moments like obviously weddings are a huge day and they're super fun and you want to remember that forever but i can remember making highlight videos for my soccer team in junior high and watching those and be like oh, that was just a really funny moment when that person fell or this moment in the game which was a huge growth moment for my teammate. And how cool is it that she gets to see that live before her eyes? And so I just think there's something beautiful about capturing ordinary moments that people can then relive for the rest of time without having to tell the story because film tells its own story behind it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm curious to know how, how your faith kind of intersects with Mm. with that specific with that specific aspect as well because um my my friend christian he is um he went to liberty university and um he's not a pastor yet but Mm -hmm. he's going down that track he does a lot of like um uh works with a lot of youth groups and things like that and um he started getting into to filmmaking and just the the way that he's able to impact his audience especially with the pandemic every mm. a lot of churches are going virtually is just it's just you hit like a different nerve <laughs> when you're talking about such such beautiful or heavy topics mm. or, or when it has something to do with faith and then you're able to accompany that message because that's the thing I feel like mm. uh, with a lot of because I, I, you know, I grew up in the church, so I feel like the the main thing about church was always the message. Yeah. Right. It was always it was always the the story to be told. It was always the sermon. So him being able to combine that message with just beautiful imagery or to evoke more emotions, I think it really um, impacts his his message for the better and connects with his audience on a different level. Yeah. Have you experienced that at all with uh, oh, with creating videos? Absolutely. I mean. You look at the American church too, good, bad, and the ugly, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. all there. Um, America itself is such a media-driven society. Like we can't rip ourselves away from our phones because we love seeing videos, being constantly connected and things like that. And so um, for the American church in particular, I feel like media is almost just the best way to capture their attention. You know, I've had moments where I leave the stage and I'm like, that was the best sermon that I've ever preached in my life. Mm -hmm. And two days later, no one remembers that. But what people remember is the testimony video of the couple who we shared, whose marriage was saved through going through counseling or something like that. And like those stories are the things that people remember the most, which like share the gospel of Jesus in their own right. Right. Because obviously that's what I'm about since I'm a pastor. Um, and so like, those aren't any more or less than the message that we preach for 30 minutes. It's just a different element to that story. And so I think it's, uh, something that pastors don't put enough emphasis on is mm. visual media in the church and how effective it can be when done well. Cause I think there's a point where it's like, yeah. this is too much of a show, yeah. little too flashy, not sincere, Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when thought through and when done really well, it adds to what we're already doing and it just helps people remember that much more the point of why they take this hour or two on Sunday to commit to this thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it can be really beautiful when done well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, how great is it to get to express your faith, um, or your passion through film? You know, oh, there's, there's nothing better. 
it's, and like I said, like those are timeless. We're going to have those forever. And so to, you know, for that couple to be able to look back and be like, man, look where we were when we were in our twenties compared to 16 years later, you know, is a cool moment for them too. So even, even when at my old church, um, when the, the worship band was playing, they would put like a, like a video of, uh, (laughs) it was usually like moving cloud lyrics up something cheesy like that. But, um, even just like the audio visual elements, to to just the the production of it um, yeah yeah it can it can just add so much so um you are a full-time you work full-time with the church right mm-hmm. yep so would you say that but you also have your your own production company so yep. that is more of a, a side gig right yes that is my uh, payoff car vacation money all that kind of stuff yes do you ever have plans of going full-time or do you like having you know your own thing and then mm working in this, in that dream role that you were talking about, um, at your church. Right. So at one time I wanted to go full scale, full-time production company work for myself. I thought that would be awesome. What I discovered about myself is that while I love filmmaking, I am a horrible entrepreneur and a horrible business person, (laughs) which is like good, you know, that self-awareness is good to have. Um, And at some point for me, when I was trying to make that a full-time thing, because I was like, oh, there's actually a lot more money here than working at a church. (laughs) Maybe this is something I want to do. Um, But I got so far into that, that it just took all the joy out of it for me. And I was getting so bogged down with taxes and licensing and all all the stuff that leads up to the actual wedding day or the actual production that by the time I got to that, my heart wasn't in it. And I, I would dread it. And I would dread the editing process because I had so many other things I had to think about. Um, and so now for me being able to have that steady paycheck where I'm like, I know this money's going to be here every month, mm-hmm. this extra money for my production company is just a happy bonus that I get to do whatever I want to do with it. I feel like it's just taken a lot of pressure off of me. And so I can still 100%. enjoy the creative process and go through life knowing that I will probably never run a business and be totally okay with that in a large scale. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm uh, I'm actually very happy to hear you say that because I'm in the exact same boat. Hmm. I work full time um, in marketing for a tech company, and it's um, it, it, I like the job. It's it's nothing like it, it's uh, I do content operations and project management, hmm. so it's um it's not video production. I yeah. do I get to do like some video projects, but it's not primarily video productions. But what I've learned about myself too is if I have to right now it's my side business but it's also my hobby Mm. and because it's my hobby I have such a passion for it and I look forward to doing it right if your hobby then becomes your full-time job then you're right (laughs) all that pressure gets put into that and you know you're experiencing the good the bad and the ugly of Mm. that and then now you have to rely on that for income right (laughs) um which you know and running a production company it's you know one month you could have 10 clients the next month you could have none and with with things like the pandemic you never know how how things are going to impact your business luckily the i'd say the film industry as a whole kind of made this shift and adjusted well during the pandemic but um yeah for me i think the sweet spot is just that balance between full-time and part-time yeah 
and and just and, and the other thing is i get to choose the projects i want to work on yep because <laughs> you know you're not relying on it you don't have to have to take this gig to put food on the table you really yep. get to have that creative freedom and control of the projects that you work on and how you build your portfolio so i i think it's the best of both worlds i do too i love it <laughs> it's great <laughs> I have no regrets. We're, we're on the same page. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Kindred spirits. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so were you um, self-taught because you, you had a mentor mm. when you first got, got went to um, went into that first church gig, mm -hmm. but you also said that you had some video classes maybe back in high school. Yeah, I took, uh, so like I said, would make like soccer team highlight videos and was like, this right. is something that sounds fun. So throughout junior high and high school, took some video production, um, broadcasting, even did a little newscasting, which was not my thing. I yeah. hated that. I feel like we've uh, all been down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. They always try to get, I'm like, I don't want to be in front of the camera. It's just awkward. <laughs> uh, but it's fine. It was a good skill to use. And, uh, so yeah, so it took, took some classes. Those primarily looking back on them were more about editing than they were about actual camera work. Like I didn't learn anything about f-stop or shutter speed or even really white balance until I started working at the church and once I learned those things it was like this would have made my editing life so much easier I know I know uh, <laughs> oh yeah. man so yeah I was like uh it's really nice that you taught me how to like you know cut stuff and put in weird motion graphics but to have to not color correct everything would have been just epic um but yeah so so took enough to kind of skate by until I got the church job, but really that's kind of where the predominant um, portion of my training happened was under Brian. Got it. And when did you start to notice a, um, a, a visible and a clear shift in your filmmaking abilities? Because, you know, you, you entered this gig with Brian and you started learning about the, the technical and practical aspects <laughs> of filmmaking. Um, did you have a few gigs under your belt and you were starting to gain confidence or was, mm. there, was there a point when you were like, wow, I can do this. I am fully confident in myself from pre-production to post-production. I'm good to go. Yeah. So that's kind of funny how that happened. Uh, I had a really good friend who was getting married one year and she was like, Hey, we only have like 500 bucks left in our wedding budget. And I know it's not a lot, but can you just come and make us a little video? Cause you're going to be there anyway. And so I was like, eh, like I might as well, why not? It'll be fun. It'll be good to have that under my belt. Um, so I went and I look back at that video now and I'm like, oh man, I feel like I should almost reshoot their wedding for them, you know, cause it's just like shake it all oh, man, so many things. Yeah. Uh, but the story part of it is what I feel like captured really well in some of the more intimate details of the day. Um, so that was, that was in the summertime. And then the following spring, I actually had like 10 friends in one year who were getting married. It was just insane. And they had all Something seen in the air. I know it was, I don't know what was in the water that year, but I missed it. Let's just say that I did not drink from that. Well, it's a bummer, <laughs> uh, but uh, all 10 of those friends had seen that video that I had made and they were like, Hey, we just loved how sweet that was. Uh, can we hire you to do that? And so I went from, sh from shooting one wedding one summer when I barely knew what I was doing to now having 10 weddings on the book and making more money than I ever have in my entire life. And it was the most stressful year of my life. I, uh, I was so miserable and whatever, but it was a good experience. And it's kind of what launched me into the side gig that I have now and rediscovering my passion for, for things like that and storytelling and filmmaking. So it was good. 
long year but good year <laughs> yeah yeah i bet i bet like that was a year where you were just kind of learning by doing just yes. after i'm sure after every video you know you take what you learn and you do it better for the next video that's the best practice is to just is to just go out and do it yeah a lot has changed since then that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so how are you um kind of elevating your skills at the moment do you um do, are you like incorporating things like drone work or animation or anything like that or are you just focusing on, on mastering a particular skill yeah so uh how we met the full-time filmmaker course has obviously been huge for that shout out parker waldeck that place is great um yes. they're always posting new content so i follow them pretty closely on a more like day-to-day -day practical level i learn a lot by teaching other people um, oh. because that requires me to kind of bring it down and be like, okay, how do I explain this skill to someone who's never held a camera, who's never opened, um, Premiere Pro before? Like, how do I make yeah. this really tangible for them? Um, so I try to teach some of the volunteers at church how to do some of those things. And, um, that just help keeps my skills sharp. And then, I mean, any opportunity I can, even if it's just with my iPhone, you know, if I'm hiking at Mount Rainier, one of the most beautiful places on earth, yeah. I'm taking pictures, I'm taking short little videos, do some time lapses, um, just try to keep keep that skill sharp as much as I can in my day to day life has been really helpful. Yeah, yeah, keep flexing that creative muscle yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. So let's get into it. Tell me about your business. You it appears you are in business with your best friends. Yes. How did this happen? Tell oh, me the man. origin story. This is good. So, okay. So I had my uh, video production company, which predominantly was weddings. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of took a journey where I started working for a real estate agent for a little bit. So I did get my drone license. Forgot to mention that in your last okay. question. Um, so I have drone stuff, learned to shoot real estate, stuff like that. And then I was like, eh, like this is fun, but that's not really what I want to do either. Um, so I took a pause and was kind of like, okay, what do I actually want to do here. And a lot of the inquiries that I had coming in were asking if I had a photographer recommendation or a photographer that I had worked with. Mm -hmm. And I didn't at the time. And so I would say, no, sorry, like right now it's just me. And I actually lost a lot of business because I didn't have a photographer recommendation and they would go to other photographers who had this whole team and this whole package and whatever. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, I need to reevaluate this and about that time, my best friend, whose name is also Katie, and we're roommates, and we drink the same drink at Starbucks. So people always think that they're unpunked when they're with us. It's awesome. That's so funny. Yeah, it's oh, pretty man. pretty great life. Um, she started getting really into photography, had just such a natural talent for it. It was like, mm -hmm. it was kind of frustrating. Like, she just picked it up and started doing it, and it looked world yeah. class. And I was like, well, that's just wrong for so many reasons, but <laughs> awesome for me. Um, yeah. And so she had started doing a lot of uh, like family, maternity shoots, you know, all the, all the stuff, senior grad photos. Um, and so she was asking me like, hey, how do I turn this into something that's legal, that's a business, that's it's lucrative? Yeah. And so I was explaining it to her and we both kind of had this moment where it was like, should we just make this a thing? Like <laughs> our whole, like we spend every living day together because she also works at our church too. And so, oh my goodness. I know it's, it's ridiculous when people are like, is this real life? You know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it is. You're not on a, you're not on punked. Um, yeah. but so we were like, it, this, this just makes sense. And then it's going to get us both more business because we can recommend people. 
Um, and so we just kind of started that. And then once I added photography onto our packages, business was booming. And actually now we actually get more photo work than we do video work, um, which is great. I'm like not threatened by that at all. So in the last year I've learned really quickly how to become a second shooter. Um, and then our friend Darcy is also a really great photographer. And so for moments where they want a videographer and two photographers, we also have Darcy in the mix. Uh, who can come in there, and then I do all of our drone operations, so I'll get videos and photos and uh, things like that. But yeah, we're we're a pretty fun team, and um, you know, you probably know too. Like as a videographer, it can be really intimidating to have to walk into somewhere with a photographer and be like, "Are we going to mesh? Is our creative yeah. space going to kind of be the same? Is it going to be this weird like power battle for time?" and and all that. And so just having someone that I know I work with well, where we have the same vision and where we can just ebb and flow with each other, it makes the day a lot easier for people that you're shooting for, like especially brides and stuff. Like their anxiety just is instantly eased when they see how well we work together. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so that whole story is super funny because our lives are so interconnected, but it's just really cool how it's worked out and like we vacation together all the time. So it's like, Oh, is this just our vacation fun now? Okay, cool. That, that sounds awesome. Let's hop a plane, you know? (laughs) So it's good. I mean, not only was, is it great to get to work with your best friend, but it was also just such a smart business strategy too. I mean, I'd never even considered the, the fact that, yeah, if you bundle photo and video, into the same company like that's it's your one-stop shop for yeah all, it's all services that you need yeah and then you just give people a little bit of a discount because it's like you know a couple hundred bucks off is worth it for me like I said to work with someone that I know I like yeah <laughs> because I've worked with a lot of photographers where I'm like I will never set <laughs> never foot on anywhere again. with you again and exactly. so it's worth losing two three hundred bucks to know that my day is going to be a lot easier too right right are there yeah. any challenges of because they always say you know <laughs> Don't work with family. And it yep. sounds like Katie's more more like family than yep. a friend at Absolutely. this point. So are there any like challenges about working with your best friend? Um, probably for most people there would be. Um, neither of us are afraid of conflict. And we've learned to have really good conflict resolution skills. Um, and so, so far in business together, we haven't really had any moments where we've had to deal with anything Um, like that because I mean I technically am the business owner um, so at the end of the day you know if there's a decision that has to be made it's kind of understood that I'm going to be the one making it Uh, but that doesn't come without me asking the opinion of Katie and of Darcy and just being like hey does this make sense for all of us what do you guys want to do and so I feel like we've been lucky enough that it's just like we're adults and we act like adults and that just tends to make life and business and relationships really easy. Um, so, so far that hasn't been a bridge that we've had to cross, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, yeah. I literally have never heard a story like yours. <laughs> I, I'm just we get that blown a lot. away. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, between the, you getting, you know, your, your full-time job is like the dream job for yeah. you. And then you have this business with your best friends yeah. where you get to make videos and, and f- photography. And it's just, you're just living the life. <laughs> I am. And Katie and I actually own a house together too. So like, oh that's great. Like our friends were like, Hey, we want to sell this, but like off market and we'll give you a really good deal. And it was like, okay, sounds good. And so we're just two ladies owning a home together and making it yeah. work. And yeah, You're it's tied together for life. 
We really are. Yeah, she's stuck with me. So the joke's on her, but <laughs> it's a good that's time. We party. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So what would you um, would you consider your niche weddings? Because I saw your, your portfolio. You mm-hmm. do have um, some experience in, in other areas, marketing, some personal videos, real yeah. estate. Uh, weddings. Yeah, weddings are probably our primary thing that we get inquiries for. Um, I'm always open to anything that'll give me new experiences and build my portfolio, um, yeah. especially small businesses who often don't have the budget to hire a big production company. Like we try to stay as budget friendly as we can while still making it worth our time. Um, so I have some fitness videos on there for people. Um, we've done product photography and stuff like that, but our, our primary inquiries come from weddings um, especially here in the PNW, um, elopements. And I mean, we just have such incredible scenery here. It's unbeatable. Yeah. Um, and so wedding photography is just like the, the peak of all peaks here. So, right. Yeah. What is your ideal project to work on? If, if you, um, do you just love weddings more than, more than anything else, mm-hmm. aside from it being like a, a lucrative business prospect there? Not particularly. Um, weddings are actually the most stressful days of my entire life. <laughs> Especially, it's it's different if I know the person. It tends to be more fun. But if you don't know the person, you're kind of like, what personalities am I walking into? Am I going to get bridezilla? Am I going to get momzilla? You know, mm. what, what's happening? Um, probably my, my ideal stuff um, is actually when I just get to share people's stories. So I've actually had other churches who have seen my work, who have hired me, who are like, hey, we want to make a music video with this song that we wrote. Um, and so then that's really fun because they often involve me in pre-production too. And how do we tell the best story? And they've hired me to shoot like testimony, marriage type videos. Um, there's not a huge market for those. And even churches don't often have the cash to be able to, to back that up. Um, so I think if money wasn't an option, that's what I would do just full time because I love sharing those stories. But um, weddings are fun. I get to go a lot of cool places and meet a lot of cool people and eat really awesome food at a lot of different weddings. And if you're a videographer and you don't have dinner in your contract, you're making a big mistake because you get the yeah. best food at weddings. <laughs> so, so I've been told, um, I've actually, so I shot one wedding back in high school from my cousin and when you were talking about, uh, when you look back at the first wedding you shot, you were like, I wish I could reshoot that. This was just... Oh my gosh, it was atrocious. I, and I told the story in the podcast before, but I'll give you a, a brief summary. I shot it when I was 18. You know, I was taking some TV production classes in, in high school, um, but I had like a little Canon T5i. Didn't really, you know, know what I was doing. My mo- I had two cameras because my, my mom had the same camera that I did. So she was in the aisle, you know, she's shaking <laughs> back and forth. She's talking to my dad the whole time during the ceremony. Like, you, can't, you only hear She was that talk. lady. <laughs> Yes, exactly, exactly. The one that all videographers and photographers hate during the ceremony. Yeah, that was her. And I'm, you know, I'm manning the the tripod back there. And I, you know, I was so kind of ashamed with the Mm. way that this came together. And I was so intimidated by it because at that point, I didn't have the skills to be able to you know, go through pre-production and, and production and even production. And then of course, post-production, I didn't even understand like the storytelling aspect of it. Mm. So I, I didn't give the video to her and I let it sit for five years. Oh, wow. And then after it must've been, you know, right after I finished my undergrad, um, I had gone to school 
to, to university for video production and TV and radio production. So I opened back up the archives and I was like, <laughs> you know what? It's their like five year wedding anniversary. Let me give this to them as a gift. Um, and, and yeah, I was able to, you know, it wasn't even that, even though that was like two years ago, two, three years ago, I'd still be able to do a better job now. Mm. But, um, just the the storytelling is such a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when I was growing up, I would always see wedding films that were just very chronological. They had like <laughs> some like, you know, orchestrated music in the back, but there was yeah. no like cinematic storytelling like you you get nowadays. Like I saw some of your wedding films and it's just, it's like a little movie. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's it's just amazing. Um, so it's, it's just, I, I said all that to say, um, yeah, I, I got dinner that day at the at that at that wedding back in high school, but I, I never followed through on my end of the bargain. But I also didn't have a contract, so I guess Well, so fine. you know, you're not legally yeah. bound to anything then. Exactly. You're yeah, fine. yeah. Technically it was her fault then. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Amazing. So um so when did you actually launch your business? What year? That's a fantastic question. Twenty seventeen, I believe. Twenty eighteen. Okay, so, Somewhere. Right, so we're there. You're still a few years before the pandemic. How did the pandemic affect your business? Oh, man. Uh, Especially because it was more of a side gig than it was full time. I mean, it virtually went to nothing last year. Um, We ended up shooting one wedding in eastern Washington um, in July where things were a lot less restricted than they were here on the west side of the mountains. Mm -hmm. Um, And even then, it was a really small family wedding. Um, and I, th- I'm pretty sure that was the only wedding that we shot last year. Um, Katie had some senior photos, um, some maternity shoots, birth announcement, things like that. So photography was, was way more in demand, um, for us, but videography, I mean, was almost virtually nothing, um, which was nice in a way, uh, because I, I felt like I got to take the majority of time in the pandemic and kind of rehone my skills Um, So spent a lot of time in the full-time filmmaker course, even just going back to basics and going back to lighting, um, you know, and things like that. And looking back at some of my old videos and be like, okay, what would I change? What would I do differently? Um, And then obviously church world, we had to go to um, recording and being online and we didn't have any live stream equipment. So we're we're a smaller church and we actually rent out the building of another church. And so live streaming wasn't really an option. So what we were doing is I was setting up a whole recording system in my living room and I would lead acoustic worship and then the pastor would record himself preaching and he'd send that to me and I'd edit those together, Oh my goodness! which was insane. And then when we finally got to kind of start meeting back in our building, we would just have the band and the production team and we would record the service start to finish and I would color correct and I would cut in all the different lyrics and scripture and things like that so while while my business wasn't lucrative my skills were still staying sharp because of my actual full-time job um so it was kind of 50 50 um it was good and it was bad for a lot of different reasons but i think the film industry in general really had to reevaluate how they do things um and katie and i had a lot of really interesting conversations about this is like we're really glad that we're not just wedding people, you know, because it was like, there were no weddings last year. And I have a lot of friends who are like, that's their niche. That's what they do. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then they had to quickly figure out 
oh gosh, how do I go find product photography or music videos or things like that that I can still film now? And so for us, it was kind of a blessing in disguise of like we kind of have our hands in all these different pots um, and we don't have to worry about that as much as some of our friends did, which was nice for us, bad for them. Yeah, absolutely. Would you say that things are have opened up at this point now that um, some restrictions are, are being lifted? And, you know, businesses have been open for a little bit at this point. Yeah, they're definitely getting better. Washington is one of the more strict states when it comes to uh, COVID guidelines and things. And so I think even right now, we're still in some counties, like in our county, Pierce County, I think we're still at like 25% capacity until June 30th or something. And then apparently they're going to reopen the whole state. I'm not really sure. Um, But so it's like, even right now, we're doing a wedding at the end of June. And they're kind of like, there might be 50 people. And there might be 150 people and we're not really sure. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, like good to be prepared. I'll bring my 50 millimeter and my wide angle lens just in case. (laughs) uh, Yeah. But, but yeah, so like we had one bride who's had to reschedule her wedding like three different times, which I just so feel for the, you know, and it's, it's hard for you as a business owner because you're like, well, those are days that I could have been booking, but I'm like, but this is completely out of your control so I'm not gonna not film or make you pay more or whatever right Um, but I definitely feel like we in the creative industry have kind of gotten the short end of the stick on this whole thing yeah and it's so tough because you know you write into your contract that they paid for that day Mm -hmm. you know there are there are no refunds essentially you could you can try it's up to your discretion to reschedule if you wanted to but yeah it, uh, you know, so that's a business decision, but then it comes down to this kind of like moral conundrum right. of like, I, I feel for you, but at the same time I got to eat and right. I got you know, to keep my business running. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hard line to toe there. Yeah. Thankfully the people that we've worked with have been really understanding about that and have just kind of said, like, we realize you've sacrificed a lot. What can we do to make your day easier? Uh-huh when you're here, you know, and so uh, it's kind of 50-50 whether or not people tip you when you're at a wedding. Sometimes you get that. Most of the time you don't, but it's just a happy surprise. But like the gal last year, she gave us, I think, a hundred bucks each as a tip or something, which is like, you didn't have to do that. That was really sweet. Um, You know, making you more than just dinner, like they had little sack lunches for it. And so I think just on a human level, everyone's like, none of us have ever done this before. And so I think it's just bringing out a good side of humanity in people that we don't often see on our Facebook feeds, you know, which is kind of nice to see. So yeah, I love that. Quick aside, have you ever officiated a wedding and been the videographer at the same wedding? No, thank God. <laughs> and I never will. If anyone ever asked me to, that would be a hard, hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> oh, Have man. you done that? No. no. <laughs> yeah. Not me. But uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some someone out there who is uh, packaging themselves up as a wedding officiant and a videographer. <laughs> and they're probably crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just lost you at least one follower for saying that. So my apologies. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, so what is the biggest challenge that you say you're facing with your business today? And how are you mm. handling it? That's a really great question. Um, I think honestly, motivation um, mm. as kind yeah. of a side gig. And I mean, honestly, pastoring people just takes a lot of time out of you. Like you're there for people in the peaks and valleys. 
Um, and so learning how to, how do I care for myself while I'm caring for other people? And so for my business, it can be really hard for me to want to seek out, um, new opportunities to want to build my portfolio, or even when inquiries just come in being like, Oh, like it's summertime. The lake is like five minutes down the road from me, (laughs) you know, whatever, but it's like, but I would also love to pay off my car or have this financial goal that this could really help me jump to. Um, And so just for me personally, it's procrastination and motivation. Um, And so I find myself frequently, um, it it really helps me to journal. And so one of the rhythms that I have in my life is every day I kind of wake up um, and I kind of write down like, what are the five things that I want to get done today Um, and have a daily goal. But then I also have long-term goals. So like by the end of the year, what do I want to accomplish professionally, financially, and things like that? And being like, okay, will taking this job help me reach this goal? And if the answer is yes, mm. then I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put all this other stuff aside because this is something that I value, that's important to me. And if this can be a stepping stone to that, then it's worth it every single time. And so, yeah, that's pro- probably not the typical answer that you would get from that question, but no, yeah, it, it certainly wasn't, one. but that's, that's okay. And what you said about like it, you have to be so introspective and self-reflective when mm. you're doing this as a side gig. Yeah. That, that's something I've encountered so much is, uh, you know, you don't necessarily need the, <laughs> the income or, or so of course it'd be nice and we'd be able to get to our goals a lot quicker right. if we, if we kind of just went gung ho and, and all in on that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's really just um, pushing yourself to do that, um, and I, I love that you kind of reevaluate that that as every new inquiry comes in mm-hmm. or every you know every day you're thinking like how is this going to get closer how how is this going to get me closer to my my short term goal and my long term right. goal and I uh, yeah I, I'm definitely gonna gonna steal that from you because yeah. I uh, I've been struggling with that myself I um and you know I actually. I, cause I just launched my company in February of this year. So I'm still oh, wow. relatively new. I've, I've had, I've been freelancing before then, but this is like, I was like, okay, we're going to actually be official. We're going to have an LLC, <laughs> um, because I want to start, um, you know, taking on bigger projects and I don't want to get sued or anything. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I ended up kind of, and with the pandemic, we've been very conservative during this time. Like we've mm-hmm. been staying in the house, haven't been going anywhere. Yeah. So this past couple months or past couple weeks rather this month really or in may i really started just kind of um testing the waters and scheduling Mm -hmm. a shoot here or there um but i ended up uh scheduling a shoot for this past sunday and the the individual canceled after we had discussed this is a little bit of event sesh right now (laughs) but after we had discussed the the whole process and everything. I bought some new equipment to support my my goals oh. for this shoot, and they I sent them the contract, and they had only expected to pay a quarter of what the actual <laughs> video is worth. Mind you, I'm just starting out, so I was giving right. her a very steep discount. Oh gosh. Um, and so it was ended up being for you know 17 hours of work. This individual expected to pay like 150, 175 bucks. <laughs> 
and I was just taking it back. But it's 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 kind of one of those things when you're when you're doing this. If I were doing this full time, that that would have hurt me financially and and um, and definitely hurt my pride. And I would have been you know unmotivated (laughs) from it. But I I'm kind of taking it now as like you know, that door closed, another door will open, a better opportunity right. will, will come um, through. So it's, it's certainly a journey um, balancing full time and, and having it, yeah. this as a, as a side gig. But um, I would say it comes with, with more benefits than um, disadvantages, in my opinion. I would totally agree. And, you know, one thing I'm really passionate about is I just think Americans get a lot of things wrong. You know, the buzzwords <laughs> the last couple of years have been like hustle and grind and whatever. And I'm yeah. like, Okay, but what do you get from that? Like, statistically, Americans are the most stressed out, depressed, and suicidal people in the world. And when you look at why that is, like, there's so many studies, there's so many books that have been written that it comes back to the American workday and the pressure that we put on ourselves to hustle and grind. Um, And so about a year and a half ago, I just decided that I don't want that to be my life. Like, I want my life to be um, present to the moment, to be an emotionally safe space for people. And I can't do that if I'm hustling and bustling around everywhere. I can only do that if I'm the healthiest version of myself. And if I'm slowing down enough to create space for people to do that. And so, you know, even when inquiries come in to do this job, I'm looking at my week and I'm going, what else do I have going on this week? And it's like, well, I haven't spent time with my family or my friends because I've been so busy doing all these other things. And so that 2,500 bucks would be really nice, but 50 years from now, that really fun trip to go hiking at Mount Rainier is probably going to be more memorable than whatever I did with that money. Um, And so even just trying to push back on that American hustle and grind mindset is really important um, for Katie and I to have in our business together to always prioritize people over profit. Wow. Uh, you know, for for every episode, I take a soundbite and I use it as the promotion for the episode or the reel for this episode. And as you were speaking, I was like, yep, mental note, going to cut <laughs> this part out and, and promote it. Amazing. Nailed it. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I 100% agree. And um, yeah, just being intentional and just slowing down. I've enjoyed, I've been able to kind of enjoy the process of, of starting this business. I found that a lot of people in the filmmaking industry, there's this kind of this habit that that they have of I'm going to quit my job cold turkey (laughs) and I'm going to go a hundred percent in on this. And they're, you know, they have to, like you were saying, hustle and bustle and grind every day, all the time, leads, 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 like taking every gig they can get. (laughs) And then in six months they're like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really burnt out or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not enjoying this as much as I thought I would. And it's, it's because, I don't know the the film industry. I think it has this kind of sentiment of you got to go go go. If you mm-hmm. don't get the gig, somebody else is going to get the gig. If yeah. they get more gigs than you, then you'll be out of business. You know, you uh, you have to constantly be growing and honing your skills and doing these things. And you can do those things, but you can slow down and do it, or you can do it with your own personal projects. Not right. everything has to be for you know for clients. Not everything has to be for the most amount of money in the least amount of time. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, and even like you experienced, you know, like how many bad clients do you find before you get one good one? And so then you're putting all this time and effort and energy into something that's only frustration (laughs) where it's like, if you were more discerning, not you, (laughs) but people were more discerning and waited for the good client to come, then it's like, you're going to make just as much money 
with a quarter of the work that you would have put into that in the with first place. With a lot place. less headache. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Amazing. So we are approaching the hour here. Um, yeah. But I, I just want to ask, what is the project that you're most proud of? That's a great question. I actually don't know if we've posted it on our site yet. And if not, I'm going to do that today. Um, but we actually created a music video for our church. Um, so the song we did was a cover. It was called House on a Hill by Bethel Music. Um, but we had done that at our Christmas service. And of anything we've done in the last four years, that song got the biggest response from people. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Wow. And uh, everyone's like, hey, you should like make a video. of." And it's actually Darcy singing it. She's incredibly talented. Um, it was actually her singing it. And they were like, you should make a music video of that. And so we put Darcy in a beautiful red dress and took her up to Snowy Mount Rainier and oh. stuffed hand warmers in her boots. <laughs> and it was one of the most miserable days for her, I think. But it was so fun um, because, I mean, there was no one there. So we had all this epic scenery to ourselves, singing about this quiet moment, you know, being in a house on a hill, just like you and God, whatever. Yeah. Um, and we got to go to all these different places and she just got to sing at the top of her lungs on a mountain like literally oh. living out the sound of music which is wow. like you know I feel like every girl's dream maybe yeah. um and yeah and just the way that all of that came together from beginning to end was so smooth um and was so fun and again getting to tell the story and we have this moment uh where she's on a bridge and it, it the bridge is over this epic river and it just starts the most gentle snowfall. And it was like, we literally could not have planned this better yeah. if we hired someone to make fake snow. Like, <laughs> it was the most magical moment. And you just see the joy on Darcy's face. And, and the whole video from start to finish was almost just surreal. Um, and, and that was just a, a passion project. Like, didn't make any money off of it. Didn't really blow up on YouTube or anything like that. It was just a fun thing that I got to do with my two best friends. Uh, and it turned out beautifully and we're all super proud of it. And, uh, so yeah, I'll have to post that on, yes. on our site so people can see that. Cause I don't think we've done that yet. Yes, please do. Yeah. And we'll absolutely, uh, look out for that video. Do you have any exciting projects coming up that you want to plug? Man, honestly, not really. <laughs> so boring. I mean, uh, we just have a couple weddings and stuff this year, but I'm just probably the most normal, boring person that you'll ever meet. And so, are you kidding me? Based <laughs> on this episode, you're one of the most interesting people oh I've ever met. You're so cute. Thank you. Back at you. I enjoy this. Uh, wish we lived closer so we could get a beer or something. That I, know, cool, I know. I know. Seriously, if I'm ever out in. Washington. I know if I'm ever oh, on the no. east east coast, but uh, right. but yeah, no, like we just have a few weddings coming up, and um, you know, senior photography and stuff like that. Life's ordinary moments, which are the yes. ones that we love the most. Oh. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. What is one thing about your story or your journey that you want the people listening to remember? Oh my gosh, what a hard hitter question! Just to end things. That's, on. that's what we. That's what we end with. We love. Yeah. It. <laughs> oh man. Um. You know, I think particularly for women, um, I would say that trying to step into some of these male-dominated spaces can be really scary and really intimidating. Um, and I would just encourage people to remember that you're not alone. Um, seeking out that community can be really hard, especially, you know, I'm really unique in that I have three of my best friends always championing me 
but that's not everyone's reality. Um, and so I would say, especially for women, seek that out. Um, because once you find that group of women, I mean, that's a force to be reckoned with. Um, women who celebrate other women. And if you don't have that, be that person. And you will naturally attract those people. Like when you're just the woman who is celebrating that lady who owns that small business down the street, or you're posting other videos or photos or things like that from other people, um, people are naturally just going to go, man, there's something different about her. And there's something in there that I want that I don't have, but I need this, you know? And I think that's why we were all so gravitating towards your podcast. It was like, she wants to take just these, you know, Jill Schmoes from nowhere where no one knows our name. And she wants to lift us up. Like, why are we deserving of that? Um, but, but that was just so cool of you to be able to do that. And I'm telling all my friends, I'm like, I'm going to be featured on a podcast. And they're like, oh, really? I'll go share that. I'm like, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, just, just don't be afraid to be the shoulders that someone else gets to stand on because that's a really powerful legacy to leave. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would I would love to end the episode on that, but I do have <laughs> another question for you. Do it. It's because we have to know where to find you on, oh, on yeah. the interwebs and on social media. But I wish I'd started with that <laughs> so that we could just like fade out slowly with the music. And... <laughs> yeah, just do some fancy editing, right? Right. Some video right. people, you can do that. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, where can the viewers and listeners of this podcast find you? Yeah. So our company website is dreammediateam.com. Uh, which you are, which we are. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, (laughs) it's pretty baller. I'm not going to lie. We're pretty fun. Um, and then Instagram, I don't post a lot. I mean, I'm 30. I'm kind of like, I don't know how to be trendy, but if you just want to follow my personal life, it's at Katie K A T Y underscore pain P A Y N E. Uh, and then Katie Cahill, who by far posts way more epic content than I do. She's at Katie K A T I E. X Cahill, C-A-H-I-L-L. So amazing. So yeah. I'm definitely going to follow both of you, but um, yes, all the listeners need to go over and, uh, and, and follow this dream team, this, this <laughs> powerhouse of these, these two baller women really taking the, the filming industry by storm. Um, last question for you, Katie, how can the viewers and listeners of this podcast support you as a filmmaker? Man, I would say um, not supporting me specifically. Cause I like, my life's good, my business is good or whatever. Um, find a woman who you can invest in, whatever business that is, whether it's a videographer, photographer, store owner, whatever, um, and lift her up this week and purchase something from her, promote her on your Instagram or on your Facebook. And my hope is just that, you know, like I said, we won't need hashtag female filmmaker any longer, that when we just search filmmaker, we'll pop up. Um, and that only happens by us supporting each other. So I think that's my biggest ask. Absolutely. And this is where it starts. It starts with you and me and the listeners yeah. of this podcast. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I feel like I've made a friend. We had such a wonderful conversation. And I'm so excited to to stay connected with you as we continue to uplift women in this male-dominated space. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. And if you're ever in Seattle, give me a call. I, I might have to make a trip out to Seattle, Seattle specifically to see you, you and Katie now. I got to see the Katie's <laughs> live in action. We have a really comfy couch bed that you can stay on. So you're <laughs> welcome anytime. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. All right. As always, thanks so much for watching and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>